0: Morning, church. Morning. Well, Boy, that was a healthy response. We okay on the mic back there? Do you think I might take just a moment of pastoral privilege since I'm just temporary and you're gonna be rid of me soon anyway? Could I ask all military veterans to stand or remain standing for just a moment? <laughs> remain standing for just a moment. I, uh, I memorized this years ago, and I just want to share this with you guys. For those who served much longer, for those who gave much more, to those who marched beside us as we all went off to war, to every scared but willing kid who stepped into harm's way, to everyone that made it back, to those who had to stay, to those who carry hidden wounds, to those but, who bled but survived, to those who carry hidden wounds. I'm proud to salute you for your sacrifice. Thank you, Betts. Now, we're going to be looking at Jeremiah chapter 6 here in just a moment. Take your Bibles and be there with me. We're in a new sermon series called Power Walking. We're looking at what the Bible has to say about the power of That comes to us from walking through life with God. Last week we established that God is the right partner for walking through life. Remember we looked at Enoch and established that Enoch had walked with God for 300 years and then he was not because God took him. Now we can't walk with God for 300 years. We established that it's very important to have God as our walking partner This morning, we're going to try to determine the right path for walking with God. We need to power walk through life on the right path. The right path is also very important. It doesn't matter how good we are at walking with God if we're on the wrong path. We don't want to take the wrong path and wind up in the wrong place. Agree? Okay. Let me share with you a little bit of research. The Sydney Morning Herald carried an article with this title, Wrong path leads, let me back up here, wrong path leads to a fiery requiem. And then the article begins this way, Thomas Hickey might have avoided a horrific death had he pedaled along a different street. He was on the wrong street. The POE News article is entitled, Driver in Mexican Bus Accident. Used wrong road. Begins like this. A bus that careened off the highway and into a 650-foot ravine killed all 58 people on board, crashed because the driver mistakenly steered the vehicle down the wrong road. You see where I'm driving at here? I want you to listen to this. This is a little bit lengthier. I got it off secular motivational website. Just because it's secular doesn't mean it's not true, right? Those people can be right too. I think it's good. The title of it, The Difference Between the Right Road and the Wrong Road, reads this way. We all have one thing in common. We're all striving towards something. Whether it's Mr. or Mrs. Right, a dream home, a happy family, security, a JAG, or a million dollars in the bank, we're all basically just trying to shore up the distance between here and there. There are a jillion motivational quotes that tell us that believing is the key to getting there. Sounds good, looks good, but what if we're believing in and banking on the wrong thing? You're believing with all your heart, But wrong is wrong, no matter how much you believe in it. Amen. Motivational quotes also love to tell us to keep on going. Don't give up. Plug, baby, plug. They're getting warmer. But again, what if you're doing it the right way, but taking the wrong route? If we keep chugging in the wrong direction, but get further and further from a right destination... That's no good. Take a long look at the path you're on. Are you any closer to your goal today than you were a year ago? If the answer is yes, treat yourself to a latte, whatever that is. But if the answer is something different, take a long, hard look at the path you're on. You'll never make it to the right place on the wrong path. That ought to be in Scripture. It's not, but that's good. That's a truth. Great introduction to our message this morning. Powerful living requires that we be on the right path. But how do we get on the right path? First thing, ask for the right path. If you're following along here in your bulletin, Matt has set that up well. Ask for the right path. Ask. Who for the right path? Who should we ask for the right path? Well, we can ask our friends, I suppose. (laughs) We can ask our friends for their advice on what path we should travel in life. Or we can ask our psychotherapist. If our psychotherapist is a a believer, the answer is going to be a little bit more valuable than if if they're not. Or we can turn our, our path, our questioning inward. And we can ask our inward self, just so you know, my inward self doesn't know beans. So it doesn't do any good to turn our questioning inward. Here's an apology that was printed in the Akron Beacon Journal. It's entitled, Paper Sends Mourners on the Wrong Road. It reads this way. Our description of Monday's funeral procession for Sergeant, Marine Sergeant Jones incorrectly included a leg of state route 43 the procession from atwater township to the western reserve national cemetery in Ripmond actually followed state route 44 to get from us route 224 to interstate 76 we apologize along the wrong the wrong stretch of road to honor the fallen marine they just got the wrong advice they got the wrong counsel They got the wrong direction. Their intentions were good. They wanted to go to the wrong place. They just wound up on the wrong route. You see, our information, our guidance, our directions in life are only as good as our source. This is the thing we want to really understand. God is the only credible source for reliable directions. Now, you okay with that? Are you okay with God being the only credible source for directions in life? Because you may be saying to yourself, what about what I want? What about where I want to go? What about the path I want to travel? Now, if you're honest, there's some of that inside all of us. What about where we want to go? What about the path we want to choose? Well, we have to deal with that. Listen to God means we have to remain focused on God and wait on Him. Wait on Him. Um, NASA plans to launch a moon rocket in early 2024 if this sounds familiar to you, to land on the moon and return again. Seems like we did that 50 years ago, didn't we? But their plan in 2024, early 2024, is to launch this moon rocket, land it on the moon, walk around, investigate, and then load back up on the return vehicle and come back home. Now, I, let me tell you what's occurred to me. As they come back into the Earth's orbit, they're going to be in communication with NASA. NASA's going to say to them, okay, we've, we've looked at the weather. We've looked at the weather patterns. We've looked at the conditions. We know the limitations of the return vehicle. You've got enough fuel. What we're going to do is we want you to land at Cape Canaveral. We want you to come back into the orbit, at a certain level, a certain place, make orbit a couple of times, and land at Cape Canaveral. Now, what if the astronauts were to say, ah, you know what, NASA. We've been talking among ourselves up here. We think landing at Cape Canaveral is a little bit boring. We've done that before. That's been done before. So we've talked among ourselves. What we're going to do is we're going to land in Milwaukee. No, no you're not. You're not going to land in Milwaukee. That'd be ridiculous, wouldn't it? But yet we do that kind of thing all the time. God, we know this is your plan, but we don't like your plan. We don't like your path. We're going to take another path. And God says, suit yourself. Suit yourself. I can't imagine that. NASA always knows the right plan for spacecrafts. And God always knows the right path for us. Can you agree with that? Some of you are kind of quiet. God always knows the right path for us. If we really want to live powerfully, then we need to turn to God, humble ourselves before Him, acknowledge our limitations. God, I am just an empty shell of a man. I am worth only what the the value you assigned to me. You reveal your path, and I'm going to follow your path. Amen? I'm going to follow your path. God deserves the respect of being consulted, at least, If we really want to live powerfully, then we need to turn to God, humble ourselves before Him, ask Him where the right path is for our lives, and just follow it. Now, you thought I wasn't going to refer to Scripture? Jeremiah chapter 6, verse 16. This is what the Lord says. Stand by the roadways and look. Ask, ask about the ancient paths which is the way to what is good, then take it and find rest for yourselves. This is all through Scripture. Ask for the right path. Ask for the right path. Lord God, I am but frail dust. You alone are the great God of eternity. You alone are the great Creator God. You alone are the great King over all things. I come before you humbly, acknowledging my weakness, my inability, and I'm just asking you, God, what path do you want me to take in life? You tell me, God. You tell me. I'm asking you for it. Can we begin there? Okay, we're talking about power walking the right path. Here's the second thing. After we ask for the right path, listen for the right path. Once we've shown our respect for God and we've gone to Him asking for His counsel regarding the path we should take, then we enter into a period of listening. To listen to God means to remain focused on God and wait on Him. My youngest grandson is 15 years old. He has ADD. I think all kids have ADD these days. but He's got pretty serious ADD. And my son and I have been laugh, laughing about this because he comes to his son, I mean to his father, my son. My son's name is, is Jarrett. He comes to Jarrett and he says, Dad, and he's got some issue. Now to Evan, my grandson, whatever issue he's got on his heart, that's the most important issue in the entire world. And he comes to his dad and he just begins talking. It doesn't matter if my son's talking to someone else doesn't matter if he's involved in something he's doing there and doesn't, uh, doesn't have time. But he'll just start talking to his dad. If Jared doesn't drop everything he's doing right that moment and turn his attention to Evan, or if Jared doesn't stop talking whoever he's talking to and turn his attention to Evan, Evan's got this, this, uh, this, this attention deficit, he'll just turn around and walk away. See, he has not mastered the art of patience yet, have you? He has not mastered the art of patience yet. He'll just walk away if he doesn't get an immediate answer. And Gerald will say, Evan, Evan, come back, come back. What is it, son? Tell me. So, so Evan will ask his question. Jared has to stop everything. Evan asks his question and Gerald will say, okay, that I thought he will give him an answer. Now, God doesn't do that. God honors Patience. When We come before God, God hears us immediately, but God doesn't give us a response always, right at that moment. He wants us to learn patience. And you're awfully quiet here now, you're, you know? We, we all kind of have ADD when it comes to God, don't we? We all go before God. Our issue is the most important issue in the entire universe, and we've put that before God, and rather than listening for His response, We get frustrated and we walk away and do our own thing. Isaiah chapter 30, verse 31. We're talking about God will reveal the right path to take. Isaiah chapter 30, verse 21. Whenever you turn to the right or the left, your ears will hear this command behind you. This is the way. Walk in it. We wait on God, and we hear God say, this is the way, walk in it. People often ask, how will I know if the path before me is God's will or not? Well, God's path will always be in keeping with His Word. Isaiah chapter 35, verse 8, a road will be there in a way, it will be called the holy way, The unclean will not travel on it, but it will be for him who walks the path. It will be for him who walks with God. It will be for him who follows Scripture. Years ago, a woman came to my office, and she wanted to divorce her husband. She said, my husband refuses to give his life to Christ. He refuses to come to church with me. I've asked him many, many times, and he won't do it. Therefore, I believe God wants me to divorce him and so i said well has your husband been unfaithful no she said has your husband abused you or your children no has your husband put you in harm's way you and your children no then god does not want you to divorce your husband God does not want you to divorce your husband. In, 2 Corinthians, I'm sorry, in 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 13, God says you're to stay with your husband so that he might get saved. Well, she listened to that, and she listened to Scripture, but oh, she was mad as a hornet at me. She was mad as a hornet with me. And she left the church. And she went right down to the church, to a, right down the street to a Bible church. Pastor was a good friend of mine. And she joined that church, stayed with her husband, joined that church. Her husband got saved and became a powerful member of that church. She did what Scripture said to do, even though she did it somewhere else. God's path is always the right path for our lives. So listen to God for the right path real shame here is not that we don't recognize God's path when He reveals it to us. real shame is that we simply are not willing to listen to God. Jeremiah chapter 6, verse 16, back to our original passage. This is what the Lord says. Stand by the roadways and look. Ask about the ancient paths, which is the way? We're asking, which is the way to what is good? Then take it and find rest for yourselves. Verse 17. God says, I appointed a watchman over you and said, Listen for the sound of the ram's horn. But they protested, We won't listen. We won't listen. God speaks. God reveals himself. But we won't listen. May we not stand... Neck deep in the stench of our own stale pride. Cover our ears with our hands and shout to God, I won't listen to what you have to say regarding your will. I won't listen. You're not saying what I want to hear, so I'm not going to listen to you, God. May we not. May we not. Ask for God's way and listen for God's way. One final thing. Walk on the right path. I've intentionally skipped over something in verse 16 here. Look back at it with me. Jeremiah chapter 6 verse 16. This is what the Lord says. Stand by the roadways and look. Ask about the ancient paths, which is the way to what is good. Then take it. And find rest for yourselves. But they protested. We won't. We won't. Listen, we don't need to like God's plan. We just need to walk in it. Agreed? Isaiah verse 30, chapter 30, verse 21. Whenever you turn to the right or to the left, your ears will hear this command behind you, this is the, qu- this is the way, like it. Is that what it says? <laughs> no, walk in it. Walk in it. Lady I told you about, still get, wouldn't give you two hoots and a holler for me, but she did walk in the path God had put before. And he's blessing her socks off. God's blessing her socks off. We don't need to understand God's path. We just need to walk on it. Proverbs chapter 23, verse 19. Listen, my son, and be wise. How? By, by totally understanding the path God's put before us? No. No. How are we to, how are we to listen? Keep your mind on the right path man in my office asked me, Pastor, does God expect me to tithe if I can't afford it? I said in Malachi chapter 3 verse 8, God says you're robbing him if you don't tithe. In Malachi chapter 3 verse 10, he says, after you tithe, he'll bless your socks off. That's my vernacular. It doesn't actually say that. <clears throat> he, said, he said, that doesn't make sense. That makes no sense, but I'm going to do it. And he did it, and God blessed his socks off. I'm sorry I keep coming back to that. God always does bless us. We don't need to know the end of God's path. We just need to walk on it. God doesn't let us know where His path will lead us. But as we step on it and travel it, with the passing of time, we begin to get glimpses of where God is leading us, and believe me, it's always good. At the height of my first career with EDS working for Ross Perot, I began to sense God was calling me to do this. And I went before God and I said, "God, do you do you really want me to give up my career? My degree was in computer science. Do you really want me to give up my career and follow you as a pastor?" And in such a way as he's only done a couple of other times, deep within my soul, God screamed, Yes! Yes! And I just collapsed. But God, I have have no training in doing that. I'm 30 years old. I have a degree in computer science. I have no education in doing that. I have no experience in doing that. That wasn't important. I didn't have to understand it. It didn't have to make sense. Once God revealed His will to me, it was just important that I what? Walk on it. Do it. And by the way, I could never have told you when I was 30 years old that I'd be standing here doing this this morning in front of you all. I've never looked back. God's Bless my socks off. Proverbs chapter 4, beginning of verse 25. Let your eyes look forward. Fix your gaze straight ahead. Carefully consider the path for your feet, and all your ways will be established. Don't turn to the right or to the left. Keep your feet away from evil. That path has led me a long way all these many years, to right here this morning. My testimony to you is Proverbs 4, verse 18. The path of the righteous is like the light of dawn shining brighter and brighter until midday. Ask for His path. Listen for His path. Walk on His path. Power walking, walking with God and gaining power of life is the only way to live life. With the right partner, yes, but on the right path. Always on the right path. Ask for his path. Listen for his path. Walk on his path. That's where you are this morning, right? 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 I pray so. Pray with me.